0: Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at Babbel.com slash BlueWire. That's 60% off at Babbel.com slash BlueWire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash BlueWire. Rules and restrictions
1: apply. Gavin Williams gets the call. Henry Davis gets the call. Emmett Sheehan gets the call. We've got the pitcher of the year of the month of the week. Again, we can talk about as well as a whole lot of other good stuff coming up here on the RotoWire podcast. Hey, everybody, welcome to the RotoWire Fantasy Baseball podcast. Today's podcast is brought to you on the Blue Wire Network and by the number 10. What's the number 10? Oh, it's the Reds winning streak, Fred. <laughs> um i might be a little happy a little giddy right now about that uh and number of stolen bases that freddie freeman has which is pretty amazing as well
2: i i'm pretty giddy about both of those stats actually as well more of the reds winning streak than freddie freeman but i got some yeah. shares yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: it, it's hey i am so giddy right now i mean i'm conflicted a slight little bit because i was very cynical about the teardown and i really don't want to and, you know, I, you know, Phil Castellini was uh, interviewed before the Reds broadcast today it was Reds charities and all that. And he was, you know, he was praising the team. He goes and Nick crawl for, and, and patients are a fan for buying into our plan and all that. Like, I don't know. I, I, I get, I mean, maybe I'm being harsh. Maybe it's too harsh earlier when they tore the team down, but, uh, you know, and maybe they really weren't a winning team. Maybe there was chemistry issues. Maybe that was part of the problem before and the things I don't realize, but, uh, Man, they're a fun, fun team right now, and they do follow the maximum of teams with a good young core get there quicker than you expect. I keep saying that about Arizona, but maybe I should be saying it about Cincinnati too.
2: I think we're starting to hit that point, 39 and 35. Um, sorry, is that oh, 39, 35? Is that going into tonight or after tonight? I just looked up their record. I'm not sure if it's been it's updated after. from tonight, but pretty sure after, tonight, after. after tonight, so there you go. Um, yeah, they... Uh, Yeah, like you said, I I don't know. It's hard to feel bad for Reds fans. I mean, the Reds had a a record above 500 in 2020 and 2021, bottomed out last year, and are already above 500 this year. We'll see where it all ends up, but that's not much of a teardown if if they bounce back this quickly.
1: here's the thing. They were... 2020 remembers the strike year. I mean not yeah, strike sure. the COVID year, yeah. uh where we only had 60 games and but they they were a good team, made the playoffs. They had Trevor Bauer and didn't try to attempt to sign yeah. him beforehand. They yeah. traded away Rizal Iglesias after that season. Like they had this taste of competing, but then the the, the took such a bath during the COVID year that they t- wanted to tear it down. And it and the fact is they didn't score a run against Atlanta in that little playoff yeah. series. So you know, you could argue they weren't that close. I get it. But I almost feel like I'm doing some revisionist history there, too. But, um, And the funny thing is, they still have a negative run differential after winning 10 in a row and going four games over 500. <laughs> Not as bizarre as the Marlins entering the day being 11 games over 500 and still having a negative run differential. I mean, that, that, that's really difficult to do. Uh, but we'll get to the Marlins in a second. But, uh, it, you know, hey, it's fun. You know, I, I go away for a week, and all these crazy things happen. You know the Reds are going on this nutty winning streak. The Marlins are, you know, in second in the and way above Mm five hundred now. Uh, Luis Arias is hitting four hundred. The Astros are, you know, they won tonight at least, but they are they were entering the day third place in their own division. The Dodgers are in third place behind the Giants after getting swept uh, in their division, third place. There's some crazy things going on in baseball right now.
2: Yeah, crazy, but it's making it so much more fun. Like this, this AL wild card race. You, st- you stumbled into that for a minute with the Astros. Like, yeah, it, it looks like it's going to be wild. Like, the Angels are, you know, Otani's just dominating baseball right now, and oh. uh, that's pushed the Angels up into a wild-card spot. So you've got the Angels. The Orioles look like they're a wild-card team. You know, like, the- if the Orioles are a wild-card team, you got two spots for the Angels, the Astros, the Yankees, the Blue Jays. Two of those teams can't make the playoffs, assuming Texas keeps winning, which isn't a sure thing, although teams historically with that kind of run differential at this point in the season, you know, typically do make the playoffs, but you know, you've got, you've just got some really cool, interesting stuff now. And then in the NL side, you've got this awful division that the Reds are in where, you know, somebody with a, you know, barely winning record will probably and maybe a negative run differential. It's not even like the Reds have a negative, just a negative run differential and same with the Marlins. Like, like they're not climbing out of that, ever or anytime soon, right? Like the Marlins are minus 15. The Reds are minus 16. Like these aren't negative run different, like minus one or minus two. And you know, they could pump it up to positive and never look back. Like it it takes a little while to climb out of a negative 15 run differential.
1: It really does. It really does.
2: Yeah. So that's not really going to change. And then when you look at the other teams that could challenge them, the Brewers are minus 22. The only team in that division with a positive run differential is the Cubs.
1: And we're in fourth place. Yeah. And, You know, they and they have looked really night. bad at times. Yeah. Like really, really bad. Um, yeah. it's so funny. Um, but Joey Vado is back, made a big splash yesterday and yeah. you know, very dramatic fashion there. That was awesome. Yeah. Uh, we, we saw, you know, they, they called it Daily Cruz, Andrew Abbott's been super fun. Uh, yeah, I I it's been really it's been really neat all along. Uh it's it's you know, mm-hmm. I Kelly, of course Homer tonight. Uh you yeah. know, you to wonder, okay, where's the power? He only has one homer. He's striking out a lot. He's still going to strike out a lot, by the way. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, he runs every chance he gets. I mean, that's one of the things that's so amazing.
2: Absolutely. I mean, from a fantasy perspective, you know, as long as he can just post a respectable batting average, 230 even, like, he'll be.
1: He's Bobby quite- Witt, basically.
2: Uh, pretty much, yeah. Maybe, maybe even more speed. Maybe mm-hmm. even a worse batting average. We'll see where it all shakes out. Maybe not. Yeah. But we'll see where it all shakes out. But, yeah. Oh, I th- and I think obviously the comparison is too easy. But he's O'Neill Cruz, at the very least from last year. Right. So, but this lineup like is is so fun. T.J. Friedel's hitting over his head. Um. But whatever. He's having <laughs> he's having a great season when he's healthy. Matt McLean's been good. Jonathan Ian's been great. Jake fraley has been sneaky good. He's back off the IL. Yep, like he's done some things. Now they got Votto back. Spencer Steer's been solid. Now you've got Tyler Stevenson, who's considered to be one of the better hitting catchers in baseball, hitting way down. Hasn't the lineup. been that
1: way though. By the way, no,
2: hasn't been. But you yeah. know, hasn't been more potential maybe than a lot of teams' catchers. Yeah, um, it's true. He's hitting can hit way down the lineup. You know, uh, Fangraphs has him slotted eighth. That was his most recent appearance. Um, yeah. And like, it's just, you have Nick Senzel who you can throw in at any time to hit ninth. He's like, Nick Senzel's had not a great, good MLB career, but as a number nine hitter, that's fine. Will Benson could be the number nine hitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just a really cool lineup. I mean, there's a scenario, if you want to get super optimistic, like I know Hunter Green just went on the IL, yeah. but if they can just hang around, there's maybe a scenario where Green gets back, Lodolo gets back. They've got Abbott. I, I don't know. Huge believer in Abbott, but the potential certainly there. I don't know. Yeah, and then they've got a closer, Alexis Diaz. You know, they've got a closer who's good.
1: Yeah, they Um,
2: do. Yeah, and and they don't have a good bullpen setting up the closer. But a lot of teams have bullpen woes, right? Diaz
1: really kind of uh, struggled today in getting the save, but that's his twentieth save. I, I, I have zero shares of Diaz this year even though like David Bell kind of hinted at it this year, he goes, you know, he
2: Oh, he, he said,
1: yeah. And he that, goes, that I don't like the name of closer. closer, but I'm, he's our closer. I mean, yeah. you don't usually hear. And, and I, I heard, I heard it. I listened to it, but I didn't do anything about it. So mm-hmm. shame on me for that. But, uh, so, Oh, oh well, so it goes there. But, uh, anyways, um, yeah, very, very, uh, very heady times here. They're so, I mean, the, the, they're at a point now or they just DFA'd Will Myers today?
2: You know, don't, even, was, need don't they, even need him. Don't even need him. There's not a are. space
1: on the roster for him. He was coming on. He, he was on the IL. finished yeah. his rehab assignment. He was healed. They couldn't just park him there anymore. Yeah, and they said, you know, hey, we got to let you go. You know, they wanted him to be this year's Drury is what they really wanted, so they yeah. could turn around and flip him for a prospect, uh, or maybe turn him into you know, or just have him produce. But that didn't happen. Obviously, um, it, it, the Reds payroll is crazy. Someone I, I, I forget who is pointing this out, but you know, it's something I've been aware of, obviously like Joey Votto is way up at the top, like 25 million or whatever. Yeah. Myers DFA. Luis Sessa was making more than minimum DFA. Mike Moustakis gone, you know, <laughs> you know, Ken Griffey Jr. Is still getting paid. This is the top part of their payroll. It's, it's crazy. Nobody is, nobody is any good is making any money except for maybe Votto. Um, they've got help on, they still have help coming too. uh, Isaac was asking, "Will uh, Christian Encarnacion Strand come up?" I, I think when uh, the Reds designated Myers, some people got speculated that's the move. But that the fact is, he wasn't already on the active roster anyhow. Um, so that that it, it got people excited. That's twice now I've seen that. Like one time in uh, Encarn- CES, we'll call him CES, it'll be easier. Uh, wasn't in the lineup at AAA Louisville, and they they were like, "Oh, you know what? Uh, he, he's getting called up. He's not in the lineup. No, just getting a day." unfortunately, but uh, so it goes. Um, We'll see if they, and the thing is, it's tricky. They got to figure out where he's going to play because Spencer Sear did play left field yesterday. um, So that'll be an option at times. They've been using Stevenson, though, at DH. And as long as he's at DH, that that takes away a spot for Encarnacion Strand, for him and Votto to coexist.
2: Yeah, he's just, and Encarnacion Strand, if if he keeps hitting well in the minors, like he's just, a, a he could be, Like a game changer for that lineup, like, which already has a bunch of game changers now, but just Mm -hmm. another shot in the arm for that lineup. Like you just don't use Stevenson at DH, you know, because you've got Encarnacion strand. It makes it so that like the Reds, like I said, like their perfect scenario is um, Encarnacion strand comes up at some point that makes the line, like a lineup that now looks solid even better and then they get the young pitchers back. So maybe they don't need to trade for a starter and then maybe they trade some insignificant prospects for a couple bullpen arms to just kind of shore it up enough to maybe squeak out a divisional win. I will, I will say, okay, so if I want to throw a little cold water on this, not much cold water, but
1: Uh, please go ahead.
2: Give me a guess as to what you believe their odds are of on fan graphs of making the playoffs, which I'm assuming was done prior to tonight's games.
1: Um okay so I looked on DraftKings earlier and I only looked at the divisional odds. Um okay. cuz I'm so kind just of just odds to me
2: which but that's which basically the same thing when it comes to the Reds because right. the odds the of that getting really a wild card there. team's yeah. pretty slim.
1: Yeah. Uh so the Brewers were minus odds still like minus okay. 110. Okay. The Reds and the Cubs I think were were uh plus 425, plus 450. Okay. So I'm The looking Cardinals for were 600, and Pirates chance. were 1500. So that's like, chance that's like roughly it. 25%, right? 20, 20 to
2: 25%. Okay. So fangras had them at, Oh, actually this is updated. It does have their current record in it. 17.4%. Okay. Yeah, uh, the I and the Cubs basically identical. Uh, it actually has the reds and the Cubs just with barely a better odd than the Cardinals
1: yeah i see that's the thing is there's a lot of latent latent belief in the cardinals still yeah well this uh, is
2: and this is fangroff which so is isn't really much a belief as more of a you know statistical analysis i guess of the teams um, but
1: has okay Pirate- so yeah yeah you're we, right it's, it's not a, a human belief but yeah. the inputs haven't changed
2: that's but, right that, that there's some t- talent on this cardinals roster right. well and which i think the, is fair
1: but the inputs are ultimately i mean yes they they. There should be like cold-hearted, robotic notions of what those players are, but yeah. those players—I mean, they, it really hasn't changed the expectations of those players. Only, only thing that's changed is like the metrics on where, how much how much more they have to climb.
2: Right, right. So, so I just was looking at it and that I, I threw a little cold water because I thought, hey, the Reds have a way better chance than the Padres of making the playoffs. Well, according to Fangraphs, the Padres are actually about fifty-fifty to make the playoffs, and the Reds are yeah. only seventeen percent because. Obviously, the wild cards, and there aren't really NL teams that have run away with the wild card. Um, yeah, anyways, like with yeah. the at least well, Alaska wild cards. Wild I'll be card. the one way, to throw cold way, water. It's fun it. to be a Reds fan right now,
1: it is, it's super fun, yeah. But I'll be the one to throw cold water on it right now. Hunter Green's on the IL, Nick Lodolo's on yeah. the IL, he's on the 60 day IL, and for that matter, Graham Ashcraft is on the IL, and he was struggling. Your your rotation has Andrew Abbott, yay, Ben Lively, meh, Luke Weaver, yee. Brandon Williamson. Yeah, and pitcher to be named later. They only have four starters right now. They they have to call mm-hmm. somebody up to fill that last spot. Yeah. Um it might be uh, they got this it might be Connor Phillips. That might be a guy that gets a chance at some point in time, but he's at double A still. And he just mm-hmm. got promoted to double A a little bit ago. So yeah, uh, or no, he he's yeah, no, he start, he's he's been all year at double A. I take that back, but he's been really good there, mind you. So as a similar track to Abbott in terms of like really taking the leap this year, but mm-hmm. he, he wasn't really a high, big prospect going into this year.
2: Yeah, that's right. I, I mean, like you said, like the cold water scenario here is that the Reds don't have the pitching. The pitchers are hurt. You right. know, it, it goes, like as much as they won, you know, a bunch of games in a row, they could actually just have the pitching fall apart and lose a bunch of games in a row. Correct. Well, we're, well, actually, what's what could happen to the Reds is exactly what's currently happening to the Pirates. Yeah, who yes. won one of their last ten games,
1: and they had a similar stretch in May that was abysmal. Yeah, and okay, we're, we thought that okay, okay, finally they emerged from that. They beat the, they swept the Cardinals, but yeah. then another wave of reality hit, and yeah, that that in fact, that's likely to happen to the Reds, not just possible. It's likely to happen. Yeah. Um. The difference is, I think the Reds bats are better than the Pirates bats. But the Pirates pitching was better than the Reds pitching uh, is the way I would mm-hmm. kind of view that. But, yeah, so we'll see uh, what happens with uh, all that there. But uh, anywho, um, that's enough on the uh, Reds. I think we spent 15 minutes on the Reds. That's pretty good. <laughs> uh, we'll switch over to the, your Jays because this is, and the transition will be provided by Jason Allen, who asks, Fred, the real question is Will Myers better than Spencer Horwitz or Nathan Luke's? two scrubs on the bottom part of the uh, Jays roster right now. Would the Jays be interested in picking it, taking a flyer on Will Myers?
2: Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't think that really fixes what the is ailing the Jays right now. Like the Jays can't hit right now. I don't know if I don't think Will Myers. No,
1: I don't think so either. I I just want to use that as a bridge. Yeah. Anyways,
2: I was just going to (laughs) say the Jays lineup is heavily right-handed. I don't think Will Myers is, is really a fit for Toronto.
1: No. Um, Unfortunately, I I think
2: the Jays, the current Jays need to hit their way out of this current problem. I don't think the Jays need to, can fix their offense by trades. They, like Guerrero needs to hit better.
1: Well, let's start with Vlad. Vlad last year had an 819 OPS. We still drafted him in the first round. 819 is, it's good.
3: It's
1: great. It's good. It's not great. He slugged 480, but he still hit 32 homers somehow. But uh, just not a lot, you know, yep. You know, just not. he's nowhere near that this year. He's slugging 428 this year. I got to say, what's wrong with Vladimir Guerrero?
2: So what if we talk about the chance that maybe Vladimir Guerrero is like good, but not that good? Like, like maybe Vladimir Guerrero is like, at least we'll see. Like he's still only, what is he now? 24. So there could still be another uptick in production, but mm-hmm. maybe Vladimir Guerrero is like a really good major league, like a good major league hitter, but not a great major league hitter. Like if, when you look at his career, um, you know, he comes up as a rookie 772 OPS. Okay, sure. It's good. It's not amazing. It's fine. It's good. Next year in the strike shortened season, he was really overweight 70, 791 ninety one, hit a bunch of balls into the ground. The next year, everything clicks 2002, uh, But remember that season, uh, the Jays started the season playing out of Dunedin. Then at times yeah. they were playing out of Buffalo. That's right. And then eventually they were playing in Toronto and his splits that season. I know a lot of people warned us about all this was that, you know, when he was in Dunedin, he was awesome. And when he was in Buffalo, he was awesome. So his, his OPS that season during Buffalo games uh, 1180. Um, So his time in Dunedin, 1418. So if you take him, if you, you know, and, and in Toronto, he was good that season, about 900. But like if you took those and maybe put them in Rogers Center, maybe he's more, instead of an 1002 OPS that season, maybe it's more like 900 and 900. Still really good. Anyways, last year, 818. This year, 778 outside of the time where the Blue Jays played home games in Dunedin and Buffalo, we haven't seen Vlad be awesome. Like I I was hoping Vlad was going to be Miguel Cabrera when he first came into the majors. Yeah. Like that level of like, you know, like he's not a runner, a little overweight, but like just an incredible bat, like just an incredible hitter. Uh, So far, he's not that he's a, he's a good hitter. He's a 270 something hitter you know, his career is 283. That's with the, the one huge season. Like he's like a 280 hitter, decent walk rate, not amazing, Um, decent power, not amazing. Um This year, not even great power at all, but I just, I'm starting to wonder, unless there's another level for Vlad, maybe Vlad is like, like a really good player, like a good player, but he's not, he's not Bryce Harper. He's not Mike Trout. He's not Otani. He's not Acuna. You know what I mean? Like, He's good. Yeah. I wonder if maybe the next step for Vlad, we'll see if it ever happens,
0: he you hits know, when a lot
2: the, of balls into the ground. Yeah. It hasn't really changed other than the one season. He was not able to sustain that change.
1: Yeah. The funny thing is I'm on his, uh, savant page right now. Mm-hmm. Matt average exit velocity is 98th percentile max ex- exit velocity. I know some people don't really care about that. It's 98th percentile hard hit percentage, 98th percentile. Barrel percentage is in the like high 80th percentiles.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: He's just not elevating enough. He
2: doesn't Basically. elevate. It's, it's it's a bit of a Yelich type profile, like a lot of ground balls, yes. um, without the
1: speed to go with it. Absolutely. Even he's though just... some would argue he's been done eating a uh, a little bit uh, more earlier than usual. Yeah. Uh, ever since leaving Dunedin, but uh, sorry, I I had to try to force <laughs> that a little bit, but. Um, Not really. He he just
2: I just like with this ground ball rate, I think the best he can be is like a really good hitter, but not an amazing he like like I like I said, like I think the expectations on Vlad as he started his major league career was that by now at age twenty four, which is not that young for like Hall of Fame type players, right? Like you go look at the age twenty four season of Hall of Fame type players, it's pretty amazing. Yeah, I I think that was the expectation is that by now Vlad would be established as like one of the top five, if not top ten, at least hitters in baseball.
1: Yeah, he was on the path, and but yeah. like you said, the ballparks had a big part of that. I don't like, know. I can maybe see
2: Vlad next year in drafts falling if this if this is how his season goes, like if he finishes this season with I don't know, let's say even rallies and finishes the season with like twenty eight homers or something like that, but it's two eighty five or something. I don't mm-hmm. know. With no with very few steals. Uh, he's not a first-round pick, and I don't even know if he's a second-round pick.
1: No, I don't. I Maybe he's don't a third-round
2: so. pick, like just a really high-floor third-round pick.
1: Yeah, I mean, because he's not going to run a lot, and you know, it, I, I yeah, it's hard to square this because forty-eight homers is still a lot. Um, I, I and yeah, it, it's it's really hard to square that. But thirty-two last year when it's a full year in, in Toronto, I don't know, I. I Mm-hmm. I I I think they're. I think I'd be excruciatingly patient with him uh to borrow a Ron Chandler term um, so the
2: year he hit the 38 the 48 homers he hit 21 of them in 44 games in those two parks that's,
1: that's insane
2: that but, is insane. you if you if you take those out and don't take them out we'll put them at maybe the pace he hit them at the other parks mm-hmm. you know he he drops back into like a 30 something homer guy
1: he hit 19 out of his 32 at home last year though. Yeah. I mean, and that there there was no fluky park factor there.
2: But I think yeah, oh, I agree, but I think if 19's uh, yeah, 19's good. I think like if you put him at those other parks for a season, he doesn't hit 19 at home he hits like 26 at home. Yeah. Something like that. You know, and all of a sudden he's among the major league leaders. And now from a fantasy perspective because he doesn't steal bases and he'll probably finish the season with know, 6 or 8 steals. It's not nothing. But it's a little less, a little less impactful right now with a few more steals out there. But either way, because he doesn't steal bases, like for him to be a first round pick or even an early second round pick or something like that, like he's got to be a forty homer, like two ninety batting average kind of guy for sure, or or, or thirty five homers, three hundred, but something like that. Um,
1: you want to have a little fun with sample size splits here. Okay, he has no homers at home. He's hitting 239, 311, 299 at home. He's hitting 316, 389, 535 on the road. He has no homers against lefties so far this yep. year. Uh, but hitting 333 him against them.
2: Yeah.
1: So he's yeah. hitting for average against lefties and he's getting on yeah. base. He's just not hitting for power again.
2: And he's not like. Uh, and I watch a lot of Blue Jays baseball. He, he doesn't look he does. good. He does yeah. not look like you're, like you're not like when I watch Flat, I'm not like it's it's right on the cusp, like any moment. Like he's said yeah. so many to the warning track guys. Like it's, it's right there. or A few have just, just gone foul. Like it's, he, to me, he does not look like he's on, it might happen. We've seen that small tweaks or whatever, but right. he does not look like someone who's just on the verge of like, oh, all of a sudden in July, he's going to hit a dozen home runs. It doesn't look like that. Maybe it'll happen, but it doesn't look like that.
1: It's funny thing though, is like the home road splits. It's the opposite, even of last year of what he did. Last year he, right. he slugged more at home than he down the road. So I don't know weird weird stuff with him. Uh, but I agree. I mean he I, if he ends up being a thirty homer guy though with mm-hmm. decent average, I don't know. I think he'd be he'd be fine. So I I, I don't know. I just kind of look at him and I, I I feel like he's got that 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 talent, the hard hit rate, I f- think it's going to come around at some point in time. I would probably be looking to buy low. I think you could buy low right now on him.
2: I I think I think that's a pretty. I think you could buy low two. So Vlad or Matt Olson, there's a bylaw.
1: It's a buy medium. Um,
2: like Matt Olson was like, a uh, he's got 20 homers below batting average, but he was yeah. like a third round draft pick like Fourth you know, even, pick, yeah. 40. pick 40. Vlad was like pick 10.
1: Yeah. So, um, that's actually, uh, yeah, I, I guess that, I mean, I, I think I'd rather, I mean, I think you could do that trade right now. I'm, and the fact is that I'm hesitating, uh, you know, to me, that's probably a good sign that, you know, he's, that, that, yeah, yeah, you could probably do that trade. Yeah. Uh, according to, here's some, you know, you're, you're also wear, wear a Yahoo hat. Here are some trades yeah. that have happened with him today. Straight up for Wander Franco. Oof.
2: I'll take Franco.
1: I think I, I, think I would too. Uh, straight up for like Nolan. Proto,
2: Ar- I'll take Franco. I know a lot of those are points, but anyways, go ahead.
1: Straight up for Nolan Arenado.
2: Well that's a good one. Um I'll take Vlad. I would too. Yeah.
1: I absolutely would. Because Arenado's
2: on... been like solid, but yeah. and a little better than Vlad. But yeah, I I'll take Vlad. Yeah.
1: Arenado so far this year, he's hit he's has uh fifteen homers, wow. Yeah, he, fifteen homers,
2: forty nine RBIs, like I think eight of them were in a season of yeah. thirty homers and a hundred RBIs. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's a better deal than I thought it was. I, I immediate my immediate reaction is, oh yeah, I do Vlad, but maybe not. I think uh, I would
2: do Vlad because I just think with Franco, like Franco, the ceiling's so high with all these steals. Like if he just keeps doing this and steals sixty bases, right? Right. And we're seeing more steals this year, but we're not seeing a lot of players have crazy steal totals. Yeah, like we're seeing more steals overall. Like you said, Freddie Freeman's got ten steals, but like. Like we're not going to see like 10 guys get 60 steals or something like that. You know what I no. mean? Or even 50 steals. Like we're right. going to see Ruiz, Acuna. They might be the only guys who get to 60 steals.
1: And Wander maybe.
2: And maybe the only guys who get to 50. Maybe yeah. Wander, maybe Bobby Witt, someone mm-hmm. like that maybe gets to 50. But we might not. We might only see a couple guys even get to 50. So Ellie, you know, Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, like, well, like getting a little 50, by, 50 by yeah. the end of july but... <laughs> sure of course of course yeah anyways you know, i so times, the steals from yeah. wander are still like incredibly valuable yeah yeah, yeah. i wander franco breakout is different than i expected it to be but but i'm here for it like he said it looks like he's still gonna hit not 20 home runs he's gonna have a good batting average but all of a sudden these steals have kind of come out of nowhere
1: yeah and you know, he's always had the sprint speed, but hasn't translated yeah. to stolen bases, and now it's yeah. translating. So,
2: yeah, I About guess. Ladder Corbin Carroll, there'd be a, that would be a fun one.
1: Oh, uh, Corbin Carroll, because of the speed I got. I, and you know, Carroll's yeah. got everything, he's got the power it's, too. He's getting lefties,
2: so you're right. And I now, when you look at StatCast data, Carroll has overperformed his StatCast data, so maybe there's some regression coming. But even with some regression, like Carroll's power numbers. Are pretty much what you would have expected from Vlad, and you're not yeah. getting it. So, and then Carol's hitting 300. So, and even if Carol regresses and hits 270 from this point forward, that's still not much lower than Vlad. And you get all the steals. So, yeah. But Corbin Carroll versus Vlad, yeah, that's a, that's a, to me an interesting one, just in in the sense that Carol's, yeah, Carol is Carol a first round pick next year? Probably oh, like if this keeps going,
1: is if he if a top this ke- ten pick, top five pick?
2: Yeah. I'm not like a hundred percent that he keeps up this pace. So I'm not like locking him in there yet, but you're right. I think he'll be,
1: isn't he kind of outperforming Julio with what Julio did last year?
2: Yep. Mm. Uh, yeah. I'm trying to think if he's outperforming Julio, where Julio was at at this point last year. Cause remember Julio all of a sudden stopped stealing bases Yeah, he like got hurt. at the end of that's right. At the end of at about the middle of July, like he had a, crazy high steals total in the middle of July. And then it all of a sudden it dried up. So, yeah. but yeah, you're right. Right now it looks like Carroll's an easy first round pick for next year.
1: Yeah. And all yeah. along we're like, Oh, I'm not paying that helium. I'm not paying that helium. Yeah. Those who did got a bargain.
2: Yeah. This is a, one of those times where the helium was worth it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So your Jays did win today. They beat the Marlins two nothing. Uh, Jays can't
2: hit, but they, they pitched well today. So Yuri great. Perez is awesome, though. So he I is. get that. Oh, yeah, he
1: was. He went six today, nine Ks. How can the Marlins even think about shutting Perez down? I mean, like unless they really fall out of the race, they can't even think about it.
2: And well, but... they're not going to fall out of the race, like that NL wild card race. Like yeah. when you have one division that's not going to put any teams in the wild card race, then yeah. like like they're going to hang around. They're ten games above five hundred, even with the loss today. Like they're going to hang around. They're eight, seven and a half ahead of the Mets. Like they're going to hang around. It's going to be them, the Phillies, you know, the Giants, either Arizona or LA, San Diego probably climbs in there at some point. Like, but it's going to be about those five teams or so for about three spots. So they're going to hang around in the race.
1: Yeah, I think so too. And
2: Perez, Perez, you're right. looks like mm, the best rookie starter of all these starters. We've bid $300 fab on maybe he's the best of them.
1: Uh yeah, Bobby Miller had his first bad yeah. start. Uh, Bybee's been pretty good, although he's struggling. I love, love Bybee, but but yeah. maybe
2: Perez is just a little better.
1: Yeah, I mean we're getting it's it's a good wave of young starters. Uh, Heart Foundation asks this is the best group of young starters pitching and hitting ever in MLB history.
2: I don't remember a season where this, and I know we've just shifted maybe our Fab focus a bit, but yeah. I don't remember a season where this many starters are commanding you know, $200 plus fab bids. Yeah. It feels like there's one every week. If I want to segue right now to Gavin Williams, but it feels like it feels like there's one every week. Yeah. Emmett All, Sheehan almost, last there wasn't one last week. It feels like no, there was Emmett Sheehan. Oh, Emmett Sheehan. You're right. His bids were a little lower. I felt like.
1: Yeah. Cause I don't think it's his spot secure necessarily. Um... Also,
2: I think some of us are running out of money.
1: <laughs> oh, without a doubt. Like I, I think am. there's
2: leagues where just a $120 bid is, is going to win it. Yeah. So, yeah, you're right, though. I forgot. I totally forgot about Emmett Sheehan. And yeah, he yeah, he counts for, for sure. All-time pitching yeah, prospect of
1: the month of the week. <laughs>
2: yeah, that's right. So I do, I've never, I feel like I, I def, oh, I, I'm I almost sure. I've never seen a season where this many starters have come up who, who warrant these triple-digit bids. And I know, again, like we've shifted a bit on how much we value them, but mm-hmm. it just feels like so many prospects and I felt like a month ago some people were saying well that's it that's it for the prospects you know that <laughs> you know that's it for the for the other than Ellie de la Cruz that's it for the big name prospects especially the pitchers that's it we've got all the good ones up but they just keep coming.
1: Well we get these pop-up prospects I mean the yeah. same week that we had de la cruz we had bidding on Abbott and Smith Shaver, and yeah neither Abbott nor right. Shith Sharver were, were on of people's radars. I mean, James Anderson knew about them. Obviously other prospect guys did maybe partisans of those respective teams did, but they weren't thinking about drafting. They were, they were universally available. I mean, they were, I mean, they were available in the rotowire staff keeper league in the case of Abbott. I mean, we go 18 teams. We have 10 man minor league rosters and seven man reserves. Uh, You know, and some minor leaguers are, are, you know, obviously kept already on that prospect list. So you're going 200 deep on prospect lists and still they were there. I mean, it's just, it's, it's, Mm -hmm. and I wonder like in the case of, uh, you know, Abbott, he got to pitch the tacky ball down in double a Southern league and that helped him a lot. And maybe it changes how you are as a pitcher. Some pitchers like it a lot. Some don't.
2: Yeah. I think that's totally possible. I do think that the lack of relief pitcher options in, on waivers this year has allowed us to spend even more on starters. Yeah. Whether we should or not, but like, Think back through the season, like how many Sundays has there been a reliever that everybody's drooling over? Like yeah. never, close yeah. to never.
1: Agreed. I Off mean, the top been...
2: of your head, can you think of a reliever this season where people were bidding a hundred dollars on him?
1: Not really. Maybe no. someone Will Smith early on that worked Maybe. out,
2: or AJ Minter early on, but he wasn't yeah. even getting big bids. I was able to grab Minter in some leagues for like forty or fifty.
1: Right, because we because thought maybe it was supposed yeah. to
2: be like three weeks or something like that. Yeah. Like, like I look back at them, like maybe Jason Adam in some leagues where he was dropped when Fairbanks went out. Although Fairbanks again was only supposed to be out two or three weeks, I felt like Adam's bids were still two-digit bids, not three-digit right. bids. Right. We haven't had the bids on relievers this year, and these are the best ones I just named. Like, we haven't had bids on relievers this year where. All of, and we've seen those in every past year where someone's every everybody's bidden two or three hundred dollars because like this guy's the closer, you know, for the rest of the season. The guy got the closer got hurt and this guy's the new closer, so that's freeing up money for us to spend, I guess, on these starters. I think, and then we're a all just gonna of, scrounge for saves.
1: Yeah, and I think a couple things are happening here. One, teams are managing their bullpens differently. We have pure yeah. committees, yeah. and a lot of teams, good teams, not just the crappy teams. Like, who cares if the Rockies have a committee? um two um uh, well uh, there's three things are happening two we we, we haven't seen high profile bus no. like
2: so local- closers are holding their jobs
1: yeah uh and and then three i i actually think we're better at rostering the the next guy ahead of time right too. Right. so they're not even when there is a change they're not out there they're not available yep uh so i think I, that's, I think that's
2: very true i jordan hicks would have been an example last weekend he, but he, again, he wasn't a big bid. But he had gotten a couple saves on the weekend, mm-hmm. right? So Helsley's out. We don't know what'll happen with Helsley. Yeah, but it's still not like Hicks is definitely the guy. Like Giovanni Gallegos is, I think, a better pitcher than Hicks, and he's still around. And and you know Helsley's going to be back. So you know that's like I said, like that's like one where Hel- where maybe Hicks goes for sixty or eighty or something like that. But right. still not like two hundred and he's the guy for the rest of the season.
1: Yeah, all right, Gavin Williams. Let's talk about him. Mm-hmm. So, where does he rank among all the these guys that we've been bidding on all along?
2: Hasn't made it, like, hasn't made a start yet. But I think pretty high. Like, like I said, like I think he'll go for less in some leagues just because there's no money left. I'm in leagues mm-hmm. where the top guy has 400 left. Right. So, like, I, I, I just think in some leagues he only goes for 150 or 200 because of that. But uh i think he's as good as any of the ones like just on pure prospect and he can stay in the rotation like tristan mckenzie's out for a long time
1: yeah so I, I think I, yeah go ahead uh, i was just gonna say intel wars you know Re- sorry oh, about that i lost wars- out ahead. go ahead, I- go ahead. I think I just leaned on the corner
2: or something. Oh, that's okay.
1: Tal Wars, you you can when you lose a guy uh to injury, you can yeah. hold on to him or you can just cut him and reclaim the money you spent on him in auction and fab. Like so if you spent $17 on a player in the auction in the A mm-hmm. in the AL at least, AL and NL, uh you can get 170 in fab back if you, mm-hmm. you know, chose to do that with McKenzie this time. Um I've done that with Jeffrey Springs, Jose Ricidi, and now. McKenzie in that league. And I traded away Lance Lynn. How's my season going? Um, Not great. Not great, Bob.
2: I'm going to back off actually a bit on his sustainability in the rotation. Like just a little bit in the sense that um, the Guardians just have so much pitching. So let's Mm -hmm. just say McKenzie never makes it back, which is extreme. Bieber, Bybee, Savali, Logan Allen, and Cal Quantrill starting a rehab assignment. And I know Cal Quantrill, Cal Quantrill you could say like he's not that good like he can't hold Gavin Williams back well
1: Canadian. yeah uh,
2: yeah. gotta stick up for my boys um no but Cal Quantrill you know the advanced stats don't like him but he's still a pitcher who's made 86 starts in his career and in his career he's got a 377 ERA and he allows them when he's back, if he goes in the rotation to just maintain more pitching depth by sending Williams down, or maybe by sending Bybee down for a while, or maybe by sending Allen down for a while. I think if Williams pitches well, he can stay in the rotation, but I don't think it's like, like a total given that being said, I'm still, if he has a good start this week, like tomorrow, I I think I'm, we're still going to see huge bids, $200 bids.
1: I agree. Uh, The really, really good prospect. He is. He's a great prospect. Number I think seventeen or eighteen in James yeah. Anderson's prospect list. Yeah, and he gets the A's. So that actually, in a way, kind of almost works against a little bit because you're all like, yeah. "Oh yeah, you know, he did it against." But, uh, I think control is before the before the injury. Makes me think if if the- Williams is you know, is good at all in his first start. I mean, it's going to be, he's going to be hard pressed to displace him, I think. Guess what? He gets Oakland and then he gets the team that's almost as bad as Oakland, Kansas City. And then he's at, and that's down the road. And then at the Cubs, I'm not afraid of any of those three starts. I mean, that's, that's a really nice setup to make your major league debut.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And you won't get the Oakland start in a lot of leagues, but whatever you get the next two and, and moreover, like just if, if he goes through those three starts and allows like, six earned runs, like he, maybe he holds a rotation spot. And, and again, and again, like even if Quantrill's back in two weeks, maybe they take that as an opportunity to slow Bybee down for a bit, send him down to the minors, have him have some three or four inning starts or send Logan Allen down or something like that. So um I wouldn't say it's a given that like Williams was the last guy up. So he's the first guy to go down. Like, like Cleveland has, they, they're right there with Minnesota having a chance to win that division. So you know, they need to pace some of these pitchers so that they have five good ones available down the stretch. And McKenzie should be back, although at this point, sounds like he's going to be out maybe six weeks or more. I don't know. He just hasn't been able to get on track this year. I don't know. We'll see. I wouldn't totally count on him getting back. Oh, we've lost Jeff for here for a minute. So while Jeff comes back in... um I will say that uh, that with Williams, though, um, you know, his ability to throw 100 miles an hour, pretty impressive. Um, As I was saying, I just think that, you know, there is that chance that that he does stick in the rotation, you know, even when uh, when the other guys come back. Maybe we'll take a look at some questions, actually, while uh, while Jeff's out. So we've got uh, some questions in here. Uh, here's a question. I know Jeff will want to chime in on this when he gets back in, but Henry Davis as a catcher and what is he worth as far as adding? Um, the cool thing about Davis is that he's going to not play catcher all the time. He's going to play some outfield as well, and uh, the other cool thing about him is that he can steal some bases, and we haven't seen that you know yet in his major league debut. He's played two games. He's got one hit in seven uh, at bats. Uh, eight to eight appearances did pick up a walk, but only a couple strikeouts. So n- like just really nothing's happened yet. Uh, but I think Davis, who's going to be out there in NFPC leagues this weekend, is a pretty much a must add. Because when you think about the chances for you to get a catcher, you know, who's got the ability. Let's let's say the rest of the year he could provide you with, I don't know, let's say 10 homers and half a dozen steals. And maybe doesn't hurt your batting average. Maybe hits a batting average that provides a batting average that's respectable. Um, you know, I think that's in every two catcher league, there's six teams that could probably could probably use Henry Davis. He's not gonna fetch the type of bid that Williams is gonna fetch, and that's because you know, Davis is like in your league, there's gonna be a lot of teams that just don't need a catcher. So Yeah, that's
1: right. Um right, I, Jeff's I,
2: back. Hey Jeff. So hi while hi. you were while you were gone, I I made a slightly awkward, but not totally awkward, transition. The Hart Foundation asked us about Henry Davis. So I decided to jump over to him from Gavin Williams. And I said, I don't think he's gonna get the bids Williams will, because twelve teams in your league out of a 15 team league probably need pitching on some right. level. Whereas there's gonna be teams who just really don't need a second catcher. But, and you got to
1: make sure you get catcher eligibility with him too. He's not training right. catcher for the Pirates, which is interesting. That's right. Um yes. So I think that's going to be something to watch for a little bit too. Uh, but a
2: few steals, he gets that. He gets that bump where, as a catcher, you know, I was saying when when you were just readjusting there that if you could get the rest of the way from him, ten homers, a batting average that doesn't hurt your average, but then you get a half a dozen steals. The half a dozen steals is what makes him better than. A replacement level catcher
1: right I mean he you could get and this was something James Anderson was saying on the uh, XM show today is if you get you know Henry Davis as a catcher right now um you get him kind of like the Dalton Varsha where he's yep. you know you know he, he's uh a player that is uh qualifies a catcher but isn't a catcher that's, yep. that's beautiful
2: yes absolutely that's yeah, that, that's that's the whole, the the holy grail, right? To have a catch because he's he's less likely to get hurt. He's more likely to play every day. Um, I do think someone of his draft ilk, like a one-one MLB draft pick, like if he's up, he's playing. Maybe yeah. not every day, but five eight, five out of six, something like that. So, uh, and at catcher, you know, that's good news
1: good. Uh, in the yeah. NF NFBC, he is catcher eligible. So you got that going for you.
2: There you go. I did write. So when I was doing the waiver wire column this week, I, I don't think I've ever had this before um, writing for Yahoo, but I had three catchers in the waiver wire column. I had Danny Jansen, who was available in a lot, even a lot of NFBC leagues, even 15 mm-hmm. team leagues, like a week yeah. ago. Cause he got hurting. dropped
1: when he went on the IL. Sure. That's
2: right. And then, which I felt like was a little aggressive to drop him because when he's healthy, he hits, like, he's yeah. not incredible, but like he, he hits. So I felt like that was a little aggressive, but whatever. He was available, Bo mm-hmm. Naylor a- available and then Davis. So, between those three, like like this is a good time for those who decided to pick their second catcher in round 27 and said I'll just piece it and you know, kind of said I'll just piece it together until I figure something out because right. it's pretty easy to figure something out now and it may only cost you 55 dollars or something like that.
1: Yeah, that's right. Not so, not 200. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I saw some aggressive bids on Naylor this past weekend. Um. Yep. It's finally time. Now, would you rather have about- Naylor or no. Davis? Say that again.
2: Would you rather have Naylor or Davis?
1: Davis, I think. Um, well, I think so
2: too. And a lot of people I've heard say Naylor, and I'm not. A, I'm not saying they're crazy or anything like that. But to me, the two differentiations with Davis are one, he's playing outfield, and two, he can steal a few bases.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think that's right. If we're just
2: talking value in a vacuum, those are the two changes for me.
1: Yeah, I think that's right. Um, Yeah, it's been interesting that there actually have been some catchers that have gotten the call this year. Obviously, Francisco Alvarez, uh, but it doesn't stop there either. I mean, you got the kid in San Francisco who's been pretty pretty valuable as well.
2: Yes, Patrick Bailey, uh, for sure. Uh, Gary Sanchez, yes, recently been called. You know, got the call. yeah, and, I, it's, and it's not like Gary Sanchez has been awesome. He's hitting 188, but he has six home yeah. runs yeah. in 22 games played. So, um, yeah, there's been – so I have some teams actually this year where I drafted JT Realmuto and Salvador Perez. Some of those teams are doing well. Not all of them, but some of those mm-hmm. teams are doing well. But sometimes I do look back and wonder, like, the catcher position doesn't usually take a ton of fab to fill it. Like, maybe it's better to leave one of your catcher spots just open. To just take a Jose Trevino, Jan Gomes, etc. at the start of the year, and then just play around with it, especially maybe in the thousand dollar fab leagues. Maybe in labor, you end up kind of wasting right. a lot of one and two dollars, and you don't, which matters more there. But yeah,
1: because it's it, less granular for sure, um, right? I, and I and in the thousand dollars, f- right?
2: Yeah, in the thousand dollar fab leagues, though, like, like I like I can think of one team right now where I've. I've had Patrick Bailey, I've had Gary Sanchez, you know, I've had and now I've had options of picking up these other guys, if I want to and and it's used some fab but maybe that's not a bad plan is to just have and I know a lot of people do it is have at least one catcher spot, maybe not both but have at least one catcher spot where it's just wide open.
1: Yeah, Yeah, maybe so
2: yeah you just don't use resources in the draft on it
1: the problem is if you land on the wrong ones obviously you're at a big you know you're a little bit you're at a maybe not a big disadvantage but you're at a disadvantage to those who uh did well Uh, matt theis is another one who's been okay you know it's another one where you have connor
2: for example but yeah it's just your idea that you're going to turn them until maybe eventually you hit on someone and maybe you never do maybe you end up spending a 100 thirty dollars fab over the whole season just to churn catcher
1: well that case you're not being disciplined enough him. on your bids right, right. um right. although then again if if Naylor was available you, you in that situation you'd be going for it there
2: yeah it, it, but the truth is it's not like Naylor solves your problem like he may solve your problem yeah. but he's he also like hasn't got a hit yet like he may not solve your problem you yeah. may have bid fifty dollars on Naylor and got him last week, and he may, and in and in two weeks you may decide like I'm right back to square one.
1: Yeah, and then he'll bounce back after you cut him. Uh,
2: <laughs> like if you're <laughs> so low,
1: you may have gotten frustrated with Francisco Alvarez early on yep. because he wasn't playing yep. every day and he struggled initially. Now, if yep. you did that and you, someone else picked him up, you're screwed. But yep. uh, that's the worst part is yep. when someone else gets the breakout and the, you were expecting there. Uh, We got a couple more other notes, but I want to make sure that we got our uh, plug in our Blue Wire Network ads there because they are with us all along, all season long. So here they are right now.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to Indeed data
3: Are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. It's only a kick,
2: a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas.
1: All right. Thanks for uh, indulging us with that. Uh, Louis Arling got sent down. I, I, this one kind of caught me by surprise, but then again, maybe I shouldn't have been surprised because they're, they're going with the veteran here. Uh, they, they've they got Maeda coming back off the IL. L. has got to clear the spot for him.
2: Yeah, and Varland hasn't been good lately. And like yeah. home runs have been a big problem for him. So um, he's allowed two homers in three of his last five starts. Uh, in his last three starts, he's allowed 18, 17, 17 earned runs in his last three starts. He's just kind of hit the wall.
1: Yeah. I, you know what? Seems like teams You're have right. kind of
2: figured him out and maybe he needs to go down to the minors. They weren't the easiest. Well, some of them, like the at Tampa's tough. The at Toronto's not great. Home to Detroit should have been better. And yeah, it's. Yeah, I was excited about Vireland when he came up. I picked him up in some leagues at like reasonable prices, like 40 35 fab. But, right. But anyway, he, he was good initially.
1: That's the thing. That's yeah. So and
2: if he comes back, I won't have given up on him. But right now, he's been walking a few guys but definitely burned by the long ball he's got to get that under control yeah
1: twins to me i mean they've been very hurt but at the same time yep. i i feel like they're very disappointing uh, i i'm but then again they're starting donovan solano a reds cast off at first base right now i mean that that's i mean they, they've been polanco's on his third il trip buxton can't yep. play the outfield gallows had a trip to the il you know almost yeah. everybody has uh, for a while, Willie Castro was, uh, their flavor, but now he's starting to fade, but <laughs> Castro's still at five homers and 13 stolen bases. That's, that's pretty good for a backup player, yeah. but, uh, it's just, yeah, they're just, they, 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 they strike me as still disappointing. I mean, Christian Vasquez has been a huge disappointment. You know, we were talking about the go ahead with the super cheap catcher. It's Vasquez has comes to mind. Cause I allocated like what, an 18th round pick on him. That that's that's like a real outfielder in a fifteen-team
2: mix league. Instead, it's like I, if you're gonna go that cheap, maybe you just go all the way to around twenty-seven.
1: Yeah, I, I, but I thought that you know I was getting a guy that's gonna play every day and be Yeah, okay. he'd be a cut
2: above. Yeah,
1: yeah, but he's not.
2: Well, he's he's playing. He just doesn't really do anything. He exactly. every, and literally doesn't do anything. Yeah, home runs, steals whatever. You're right. The Twins have been, like you said, they've been hurt. But they've also been like like the guys who haven't been hurt or when they've been playing, they've been really blah. Mm-hmm. Um, the By- Byron Buxton, and I put him in our notes for today just in the sense of like, is are there leagues where he's a potential cut? if he's if he can't play the outfield, I'm assuming he's not really gonna steal many bases right the rest of the way. He's hitting 202. He's got ten homers. Like he, he's still like a legit guy who can hit like twenty-five or thirty homers. But like, if it's going to come with a really low batting average, he hit two, He's hitting two hundred two last year. He hit two twenty-four. Like, if he's a low two-hundreds hitter, I, in all our fbc style leagues, he's a keep. But I wondered in some shallower leagues if you start yeah. looking looking at him, if he doesn't steal a base for the next month, and in that month he hits two ten, you start thinking like, what am I doing here? I'm just getting like empty kind of. You, you know what I mean? The power that comes with a batting average train.
1: It's a high price tag, Joey Gallo, then.
2: Yeah. I, so I was trying to resist making that comparison because it felt too easy because Gallo's on the twins. But right. yeah, yeah, that's how I kind of feel about it. I could also talk about Carlos Correa and some really shallow leagues and what you want to do with him because he doesn't steal any bases and
1: he hasn't for years, though.
2: I mean, no, and he doesn't hit for a lot of power, yeah. but at least usually gets you some batting average.
1: But Harder to find a not. shortstop on the waiver wire, though.
2: Oh, I don't know. I got some teams with, I got some teams with a lot of shortstops right now.
1: I do so, too, actually. Well, that's maybe not
2: waiver wire guys, but well, like well, you even think from your Reds, if provide us with two, yeah. studs like nice in, in the last month to yeah. add. And
1: I, and I think Ellie qualifies at third in a lot of leagues now too. I know on DraftKings they list him as a third and okay. short, so that's nice. Yeah. I don't think he does an NFBC yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. It's coming. I'm waiting for it. One yeah. league where I picked him uh, up.
1: Uncle Ted asked, What's up with Sal Freilich? Uh, we talked a little bit about him on the uh show. I mean, on the RotoWire XM show today. So, uh, let's go ahead and talk about him for the Brewers. You know, they've had we, uh, you know, Joey Weimer's been doing all right, um, inspiring people to have mullets like him. Uh, but and Freilich's hit for average since coming back. He got hurt a while, ago. he just came back from an injury about a week ago, hitting for average right now. I think he'll be up pretty soon. I wouldn't be surprised if you see him yeah, get the call. And he's another one of sneaky prospect you can add on.
2: Yeah, absolutely. He'll be another one who will, not a huge bid, but I think like like a medium type bid. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with you. I think he probably will get the call pretty soon. Looking at his minor league profile, like profiles a little more as a base dealer, good contact skills, mm-hmm. not a lot of power. So, but as long as he doesn't get the bat knocked out of his hand in the majors, like he could get you a bit of batting average a bit of steals. I was going to co- kind of compare him to Luis Matos who just came up for the Giants. Like I feel Another like that, Yeah. I feel like that's maybe a like a bit of a comparable. Um yeah, I will see kind of where he fits in, but when you look at what the Brewers are rolling out in the outfield right now, like Yelich is playing uh Joey Weimer's playing uh Brian Anderson's been playing third. He hasn't even been in the outfield. Right. There's not much else. Raimel Tapia. Yeah, I think the chances of Freylich coming up are pretty good. And like I said, I, I feel like that Matos comparison. Like their their stats from last season are are pretty similar. You know, they're kind of profile in a minor league season, like a 10 homer, you know, 20 steal, good batting average, good contact rate, kind of guy. Yeah, and and when he comes up. He could get a good run since these other options are pretty unappealing.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um, Maybe Tyrone I
2: Taylor. I, I haven't looked at a t- prognosis for Tyrone Taylor. Maybe he gets back and then that kind of blocks him. I feel like Tyrone Taylor's like always sniffing around a regular role in the Brewers outfield, but like every time he gets a chance to have a regular role, he either stinks or gets hurt. But he, then he, when he's a reserve, he has his moments. He's a
1: Midwest then- Trace Thompson.
2: Yeah, maybe like you he's he also, but for each, yeah, you always dream on what Tyrone Taylor could be like if this guy played every day, you know, he's a 20 homer, you know, whatever, 15 steel guy, but it just, it just never happens. Yeah.
1: Were you in on Matos by the way?
2: Yep. Um, yeah. yeah, I picked him up in a couple leagues, uh, nothing huge, like 30 bucks, something like that. But yeah, yeah I did pick him up uh, to me. He kind of profiles. We'll see where it all goes. We, he kind of profiles as someone who gets on base, can steal, can get you a few steals, and so if he just has enough power that, you know, he hits the occasional homer, then I think he could be valuable.
1: Yeah, I agree.
2: Yeah, could score runs. Yep, it, he he definitely profiles as someone who can hit for average right away. And then with Mitch Haniger being done, you know, for maybe the season, who knows? But for a really long time, uh, there's not really much blocking him. Matos can get on base. You know, like there's no reason, like, since he's been up, he's played every day. Yeah. So he's also hit six the last four games that he's played. So he's not even hitting at the bottom of the lineup.
1: Yeah. I like him. Yeah. He's got Uh, a great batting eye. Um, Yeah. I have him in like a couple score sheet leagues. So it's fun activating him. Right. Because there's no like discussion. Okay. Do I start his clock like you do, like in a keeper league? It's just if you have, if he's playing, you can put him in there and it doesn't change his status at all. Um, Hey, I know it's after midnight your time right now. So is there anything else you want to hit or should we let you go to bed?
2: Um, Well, I have been up since very early this morning. Let me see if I've got anything that really caught my eye today. Uh, Sneaky pickup, I think in some leagues right now is Eduardo Rodriguez. I grabbed him and friends and family. Um, And he was sitting out there in some of my NFBCs and I tried to get him cheap. And I got too cheap on the weekend and other people were cheap, but maybe a little less cheap than me.
1: Yeah. Um, sneaky of them. Yeah.
2: Sneaky <laughs> of them to notice the same thing as the same thing as me. Um, and I'll ask you this Tim Anderson with his zero home runs, oh. two fifty batting average. Could he be a cut?
1: I'm not there yet. Yeah. Okay. But I understand.
2: He's a bench like I would bench him and not even think twice about it. Not even worry if if he had a good week on my bench.
1: I guess it kind of depends on who your option is, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. But like unless I really needed steals, like that was my my pivotal category, I think I could bench him right now.
1: I'm trying to I've got him in one league and yeah, it's not great, Bob. The
2: zero homers is just it's yeah, just He's really... not even
1: running. Oh. Like, what are we doing here?
2: Yeah, you're, you're right, well, he has eight Yeah, he has 8 steals. Um, the other guy I thought of in the same vein as Andrew Benintendi. He recently got his first homer. He has nine steals. Tim Anderson's obviously a way higher valued, you know, traditionally player than Benintendi. But those are two guys where, when you uh, up until a week ago, when you looked at either one of them, they had zero home runs, and you were like, oh, zero? Come on!" Like yeah. you didn't even you didn't even accidentally hit one out.
1: Yeah, I know it's crazy. Yeah. It, it, yeah. it is crazy. Um, I keep you know, every time I think the White Sox are about to turn it around. Um, I'm like, then they then they go, you know, they just they go off, they go go and get like lose a game where Lance Lynn strikes out sixteen batters. I mean, they find okay. a way to lose.
2: um, now, I will say, going way back to where we we're at the beginning on the fan graphs page, they still have an eight percent chance to make the playoffs because that division's so bad.
1: By the way, we did bench Tim Anderson this week, but he's day go, so yeah, he was already no easy call. Yeah, easy call. But we started C.J. Abrams over him. That's how desperate we are.
2: I think he might be an IL stint away from – like if he had another IL stint with his current numbers, you might just say, forget it. Yeah. Like I'm not even waiting around.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. All right. right. Um, That's going to wrap up today's pod. We really appreciate everybody coming on board, especially late night for us, those of you on the East Coast. Uh, If you're uh, in Hawaii like I was, uh, mahalo for joining us. Um, And uh, we we thank everybody uh, for tuning in. I got James Anderson tomorrow on the Prospect Pod. Thanks for tuning in. Take care. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines.